and we hope you all are doing good here. It is officially Thanksgiving week across the Southland. John Rawl in with you here as we get this Monday edition of the Y'all Show up and going. Hope you all are doing well, and apologies for being gone for several days. Had a little family thing going on, but we um, are back up and going today. So thank you for being along for the ride as we've got this Turkey Day week just ahead and we do appreciate all of you joining us for this holiday themed edition of the show this week we got just a three day work week this week sadly yeah I know we were off all of last week and now only a three day work week this week because we do have the national holiday coming up on Thursday followed by we'll be off on Friday too but we'll be back with you for a full week of fun next week but this week we are live direct in person recorded if you're catching us on podcast form just thank you so much for being on with us here on the show that truly does shake the southland yeah got a got a busy day full of news to to get going with here in just a moment also want to let you know we've got what's going on food wise across the southeast and so much more and in our headlines today across the south we will start off with the Passing of Rosalind Carter, the former First Lady, dying on Sunday at the age of 96 in Plains, Georgia. We'll give you more on that. Plus, we've got some weather issues going on today in certain areas of the southeast that we'll be sharing with you. Sunday in Texas, down on the border, President Trump found his way there. And while he was in the Lone Star State, he picked up the endorsement of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. We'll give you the latest out of Edinburgh, Texas on that. Plus, over the weekend... More than 200 Georgia Methodist churches have seceded from the United Methodist Church. And we'll give you that info out of the Peach State. About 261 is the count. Georgia congregations divorcing the Methodist Church. That's coming up. Plus, Whataburger making a move into the Palmetto State. America's preferences for frozen pizzas. And we'll tell you about a tremendous pancake in Alabama that's so tremendous it's being called a hubcap. <laughs> I don't know if you want to eat a hubcap or not, but the photos, at least, of this pancake in Bama sure look exciting. We'll give you all that as part of our news headlines on this Monday edition of the Y'all Show. Plus, before this hour is up, we've got our fun that we call Hashtag Hullabaloo coming your way. That's where we go on to social media and dig up what y'all are talking about, and we'll have that coming to you in the latter portion of this first hour of our show. In hour two today, in addition to news, we've got a history spotlight, and today is Joe Biden's birthday. Happy 81st birthday, 46th President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden. And if he can break away from the ice cream, if he can break away from trying to walk off the stage at the wrong entrance or exit, He'll be celebrating at some point today. We'll tell you more about President Biden. Also today is the birthday of John Bolton. Speaking of the guy working in the White House, John Bolton was actually born in Maryland. We'll tell you more about the former U.N. ambassador. Plus today is the birthday of the late singer Dr. John out of New Orleans. We'll tell you about him. Today is also the birthday of country music singer and a guy with a really low voice. Mr. Long Black Train's got a birthday today. Josh Turner will tell you about him and others celebrating on this 20th day of November. Also today in our second hour, we're going to tell you about how to make a skillet chicken pot pie. That comes to us from tasty.co. 
All that's coming up in our middle hour today. Hour three today, we've got our Southern Culture Spotlight. We're going to help you out. We're going to try to save you money on this Monday before Thanksgiving as we've got an article coming to us from the website, what is that called? ZD.net. There, I couldn't couldn't ping up what that said. ZDNET.com. ZDNet.com's got the article, Best Early Black Friday Deals. And we're going to share, kind of walk through some of those great deals out there for you to save money on this uh, 2023 Black Friday that's coming up in just a handful of days. Got all that lined up and coming at you. If you want to get involved with the show all about the South, we welcome your feedback. We've got our email address, mail at yall.com, mail at y'all.com. You also have the way you can text us anytime at 615-208-4184, 615-208-4184. Would love to hear from you here as we kick off another exciting week of talking about the Southeast. Let's dive into a handful of headlines before we take a break here in our opening hour. And I do want to start out first with some of the weather issues going on today. So today there are some severe storms that are going to be forming and possibly being something to keep a very close eye on if you live in a couple of areas of the southeast today. And this extends beyond today into Tuesday. But the National Weather Service keeping an eye on a couple of states, including Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Alabama, as storms forming on this Monday night in certain portions of this section of the south. Alabama specifically, storms expected to form sometime Monday evening and will shift eastward into Tuesday. And there's a level one risk that's now been added to Alabama as well as into Mississippi. Chances are you need to check in with your local weather forecast to make sure that you're either in the clear or where you might have some severe risk. But look out for storms, possibly the outbreak of tornadoes in mostly south Alabama and south Mississippi. We're talking maybe right on the Gulf Coast in some cases, but at least for Alabama, the severe outwork for outlook for Tuesday extends way into central Alabama, including Montgomery over toward Opelika and to Columbus, Georgia, as well as the panhandle, the extreme northwest section of the state of Florida is something to be aware of. So check your weather forecast, but we do have some scary weather possibly in the next 24 to 48 hours in certain areas of the southeast. On Sunday, it was announced that 96-year-old Rosalind Carter died after she just got the headline over the weekend that she was entering hospice, the former first lady, and a wife for Jimmy Carter for, what was it, 70, 75 years maybe? She has died as the Carter Center announcing that after living with dementia and suffering many months of declining health, the President Carter's wife, who was, of course, president in the late 1970s, the statement from the Carter Center said that she died peacefully with family by her side at 2.10 p.m. in the same town that she was born in. She died in Plains, Georgia, Sunday afternoon. The former president, in a statement, said, Rosalind was my equal partner in everything I ever accomplished. She gave me wise guidance and encouragement when I needed it. As long as Rosalind was in the world, I always knew somebody loved and supported me. That from President 
Jimmy Carter, who again is himself in hospice care in Plains, Georgia right now. President Joe Biden called the Carters an incredible family because they brought so much grace to the office of the presidency. Again, Rosalind Carter dying in Plains, Georgia, Sunday at the age of 96. She was born Eleanor Rosalind Smith in Plains back in 1927. She was the oldest of four children to Wilburn Edgar Smith, who was an auto mechanic and a bus driver and a farmer too, and to his wife, Allie Smith, who was a teacher and a dressmaker. And she grew up there as one of the Plains, Georgia. I think she was the top person in her class. And how about this story about Rosalind Carter? Her granduncle, W.S. Wise, was one of the American Brazilians known as Confederados. And these are guys who fought for the Confederacy during the Civil War. And after the war, they immigrated from the United States to the Brazilian Empire at that time. And ultimately, somebody came back to Georgia because that's how Rosalind came to be. She's got a connection to the Confederados. Pretty neat. I did a story one time at Y'all Magazine about the Confederados. And there's still a section in Brazil of people who talk like they're from the South. Most of them are Protestants. And if you saw pictures of them, you'd think they were somewhere here in America. But no, they're in Brazil. And Rosalind Carter with a tie to that little section of history. Jimmy Carter ran for governor of Georgia. He won election in 1970. I believe it was 1970 he won, as well as in the re-election of 1974 election is when that would have been. So she served as first lady of Georgia, Rosalind Carter did, and then in 1976, Carter was elected in a surprise president of the United States and Rosalind was by his side as the first lady, taking over from Betty Ford and keeping that role until Nancy Reagan became first lady. But the wife of Jimmy Carter and a mother of four, Rosalind Carter, passing away on Sunday. Today is Joe Biden's 81st birthday, and he'll be celebrating his birthday by pardoning the Thanksgiving turkeys at the White House in Washington, D.C. In fact, two Thanksgiving turkeys are going to play a crucial annual holiday tradition role as the president will spare them from being somebody's Thanksgiving feast. (laughs) But President Biden, 81 years young today. Happy birthday, sir. We have more headlines from across the southeast that will be getting to in just a second plus don't forget we got social media fun coming your way later in the hour all that right here on the show that we call the y'all show and it's always a pleasure to be here bringing you the headlines across the southeast on this program powered by y'all.com y'all.com the south's homepage. check it out sometime if you get a chance it's full of great great stuff that you'll definitely enjoy hearing all about what's going on in dixie All that is ahead right now as we take a break. We'll be right back.
song from the Canadian Terry Clark here. Some good 90s country to get your Monday going. Hello, we're back here on the Y'all Show, where we discuss all things going on in Dixie and beyond, but mostly Dixie. Continuing on with our news headlines before we get into social media fun in our upcoming segment. President Trump found his way to South Texas on Sunday I actually went to bed Sunday night watching Trump and Governor Greg Abbott handed out meals in Edinburgh, Texas, as they were there Sunday giving out meals and shaking hands and taking selfies with members of the Texas Highway Patrol and the Department of Public Safety in the Lone Star State. They were right down on the border giving them a holiday meal as well as members of the Texas National Guard and they came out to see the governor of the Lone Star State and the 45th president as they were both together. And while in Texas, President Trump, the leading contender on the Republican side right now, picked up the endorsement of Greg Abbott, who has long been a Trump supporter. But Trump getting the endorsement of the Vanderbilt alum. In fact, Trump told Abbott, You'll be able to focus on other things in Texas now that they have gotten the endorsement. Of course, Trump, the front runner for the 2024 Republican nomination, that is, if he can withstand all the legal issues that he's got going on, and boy, does he have that going on. But yes, they were handing out tacos as part of their Thanksgiving meal and other fun stuff going on at the South Texas area in the Rio Grande Valley together on Sunday, Trump and Greg Abbott. Abbott said about the Guard members of Texas troopers who are stationed at the border, they should not be here at this time, meaning they shouldn't be on the border. They should be at home. The only reason why they are there in Edinburgh, Texas, is because we have a president, in this case Joe Biden, who's not securing our border. So very politically uh, politically tilted conversation Sunday between the governor of the state of Texas and those who came out to get a a nice little meal courtesy of Trump and Greg Abbott and you can go watch Forbes does a really good job I I give them a lot of credit they got a YouTube channel and that's where I watch a lot of this stuff and they they have unfiltered video of things like this and so you can sit there as I did and watch about 20 minutes of people coming up taking pictures and hearing Trump's conversations with them and 
and it's amazing how many Texas Highway Patrolmen there are, the troopers of Texas, and their cowboy hat wearing uniforms, and they got that silver shirt and I think blue pants. Very, very impressive uniform that they wear as part of the Texas Department of Public Safety, and they were wearing those uniforms when they had a chance to come get a selfie with either Greg Abbott or Trump. In fact, they split the line up. Some people went in at line A and some went in line B. And if you were in line B, you got your food, and then the last person to give you maybe a taco or something like that would have been either President Trump or Governor Abbott. You couldn't you couldn't go get something from line A and then say, hey, let's say you were in line A with Greg, Greg Abbott. You, you couldn't finish up there and then say, oh, by the way, President Trump, you're three feet away from me. Can I get a selfie? They wouldn't let you do it. Pretty pretty bad stuff there. Come on now. You got the 45th president hanging out, giving out food, and you got the, I would say, pretty popular governor of Texas. You know, you you kind of want to get something with, with both of them. You, you, you'd think somebody wasn't getting that planned out maybe the best way. But it was a, a good deal, and again, a way to kick off the holidays. In fact, President Biden Sunday was handing out along with Jill some meals to, I believe, service members. I'm not sure where that was. I just saw the photo. But they already kicking off the fun there for the military, the Bidens, and today they're pardoning the turkeys, but not Turkey Trump. He's not going to pardon Trump. He, he, probably, he probably should. That'd be pretty overwhelming if Joe Biden said, you know what, we're going to have a clean slate. I'm going to beat this guy you know, I'm going to beat him on merit and not based on the legal system. Let's see if he does that. Let's see if he has a a moment of poise there. Joseph, birthday boy, Biden today. Elsewhere, a story from the city of Memphis in an update. Memphis Police Department has now disclosed that there have been multiple youngsters killed as the city of Memphis Police Department is announcing that a 13-year-old girl was killed. Also, other one, other youngsters killed, and police investigating after this 13-year-old and a 15-year-old girl now in critical condition after a shooting spree over the weekend that killed four people total. According to police, Mavis Christian was the person who killed four female victims in one night in what's considered to be a domestic violence incident. And Mr. Christian was found dead at some point into the investigation. But now we're finding out that at least a 13-year-old girl in Memphis killed there and a four-person deadly domestic violence situation in the city of Memphis. News out of the state of Georgia in terms of religion, the North Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church has now voted to allow 261 congregations to split off from the United Methodist Church, and that's all over theological differences in the role of the LGBTQ plus community in the church. As the North Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church ratified the disaffiliation requests from the congregations during a special session over the weekend, and that gives these churches the opportunity to leave the Methodist Church, and it marked a 
at what some people say, a solemn day. That's a lot of churches. Now, the Methodist church is no different from Lutherans, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, and more, who've all had a divide over this LGBTQ issue, whether it is ordaining LGBTQ plus clergy, allowing gay marriages to go on within the church. And if you count up after now over 200 in Georgia from the weekend, according to the Associated Press, so far 7,286 congregations. And I don't know if that's just Methodist or other denominations, but according to this article, over 7,200 congregations, most of which are in the South or in the Midwest, they have received approval to disaffiliate from the denomination. This would be just Methodist churches. And that's from an unofficial tally by the United Methodist News Service. 5,000 Methodist churches have disaffiliated this year alone. And there are many of them launching what's called the Global Methodist Church, GMC, after they break apart from the United Methodist Church. But that is a staggering, staggering number. And there are some real divides and have been. This has been going on quite some time. I remember probably 15 years ago, I believe the first denomination that went through this was the Episcopal Church. And we thought they were out on the, on the edge at that time. Now this has now affected virtually every Protestant church as they have had this internal civil war that's gone on primarily over LGBTQ plus issues. Hmm. Staggering numbers. Here's a staggering story out of the state of Alabama. An 80, an 80, 80, make sure you hear me right on this. 80-year-old Alabama man has now been charged with the murder of his 79-year-old wife. According to police, over the weekend, they were called to a residence in Northport, Alabama, just to the north of Tuscaloosa where this is located. They went to a residence at 3200 block of 28th Street, went there Sunday right at lunchtime, and officers found the body of a 79-year-old woman, Donna Adams. She'd been shot. Her husband, Gerald Adams, was on the scene and was taken into custody. 80-year-old Gerald Adams. According to police, Donna had been suffering from a prolonged illness. There was no evidence of an argument prior to the shooting. Gerald has been charged with murder and is being held in the Tuscaloosa County Jail with no bond. Case under investigation. So perhaps this was what some would call a mercy killing in Tuscaloosa County from the weekend, but a 80-year-old man now charged in his wife's death. Now, a story out of South Carolina to wrap up our news headlines of the day. So Whataburger... I believe they have their heritage in Texas. Of course, for a long time, you've seen Whataburger locations in the state of Florida and then scattered in a few other places like Mississippi, and they've really made a nice push into Alabama here lately. 
Well, it looks like Whataburger is making another move into the south of their expanding and going into the Palmetto State, and they've got several locations going into the upstate of South Carolina as they're going to have locations in Spartanburg, two of them in Spartanburg on Main Street, as well as W.O.E.Z.L. Boulevard. Coming in the summer of 2024, Whataburger will have locations in Malden and in Greenville, South Carolina, right there on Woodruff Road, and several more locations. In fact, did you realize that Whataburger's president and CEO, Ed Nelson, actually went to high school in Simpsonville in South Carolina, there in the Greenville area, and he is a graduate of Clemson University, Whataburger CEO, Ed Nelson. Go Tigers! And maybe that explains why Whataburger has that orange-looking color. So, yeah, you got Whataburger making a move into the upstate of South Carolina and people in the Midlands, home of Russia's hamburgers, arguably the best hamburger in America. <laughs> I can say so. Just had one the other day. Uh, Whataburger's pretty darn good, too. They're actually pretty similar burgers. But Russia's just not moving out of the Midlands. They're, they're, they're stuck there, sadly. And then the rest of South Carolina, the Low Country, and the Grand Strand, they're wondering why why aren't you coming to our area but waterburger making a move into south carolina congratulations now if we could just get more waterburgers in places like i don't see too many of them in tennessee to be honest with you and i don't think they're in north carolina and they're hardly in alabama i know they're in birmingham in fact i tried to stop by one the other day i saw the sign on the exit and i'm like that would be a good lunch waterburger but you know what? Right there in the Birmingham area, I got sidetracked. When I got off the exit, it looks like the Whataburger was on the other side of the of the bridge over the interstate. And I was too, I guess, much un, I was under the gun. I, I, I was running out of time. And instead of crossing over and dealing with traffic, I just decided to head on to the way that I got off the interstate. And lo and behold, right there in front of me was something that you could only find in the Birmingham area, y'all. And that's where I went and had my lunch. I went to Milo's. Yes, the same place that has the delicious sweet tea that you can get in the grocery store. They do have actual brick-and-mortar stores in the Birmingham area. And you can find their awesome Milo burgers that have a very, really unusual sauce that gets put on them. And I... I was able to have me some Milo's burgers, awesome crinkle fries, and I even mixed it with a large strawberry shake. Now, that's hard for even Whataburger to top. But unfortunately, Milo's only found in Birmingham, as far as I know. I don't think they've expanded, but maybe they want to follow Whataburger's lead sometime soon and head over to South Carolina. And while they're at it, they can just uh, add a few locations in Georgia en route to the upstate of SC. That is a look at some of your headlines. We got more, actually, we got more headlines in terms of food, specifically frozen pizzas, that we'll be talking about as we go forward on this Monday edition. See, on this show, you just, we got it, we got a heck of a blend of information. Some of it might be completely useless five minutes later, but I'm just telling you what's in the news, y'all, from a Southern perspective. When we come back, we got some social media goings on that we call hashtag Hullabaloo. We get that lined up and coming at you next.
Is it raining at your house? Like it's raining at mine. Do you miss me? Like I miss you. Is it cloudy all the time? Do you tremble when the phone rings? And you think I'm Is it raining at your house? Like it's raining at mine. Does it thunder and lightning? Even when the sun shines, is it raining at your house? Oh man, I had a Vern Geisden weekend, y'all. So I go out to eat Saturday night with some friends. And the awesome restaurant that I went to, Enid Depot, check it out. Man, was it awesome. But they're performing at Enid Depot with some guy. Not a very good singer, but he was giving it his best. He, he was up there on stage playing acoustic guitar. And a lot of the music he was playing was classic country songs and we got seated right in front of this guy there at the Enid Depot and you kind of felt guilty you, you, like you, you need to tip the guy and I was happy to do so but when I went up there to give him money I mentioned hey since you're playing people like Alan Jackson and some other people like George Strait I said could you play a little Vern Gosden you know this guy right here at your house And by the way I still love you What a voice Alabama's own Vern Gosden So I go up and give the guy money And request a little Vern Gosden music and this, this is a fellow singing by the way That had to be at least 70 years old So it, it, he's playing all these classic country people He should know who the voice Of country music was Vern Gosden and he shot me down. He basically said, no, I'm not going to play Vern Gostin. And I reached in there and got my tip out. No, I didn't do that. But I, I kind of thought about it. <laughs> I really did. So that was my Vern Gostin memory from Saturday. And then Sunday evening, driving around the southeast, I heard that song right there on the radio. And I haven't heard Is It Raining at Your House in a long time, on the radio at least. And that song has a special meaning for me, and that's why I played it here on this Monday edition. As a child, my grandfather died when I was eight years old. I may have only been seven when he died, but maybe eight when he passed away in 1980, I think it was. And my grandfather, Pop, as I called him, would routinely call our house. This is the days before cell phones. He would routinely call our house. And asked my mother, his daughter, is it raining at y'all's house? <laughs> he lived about 20 miles away. But I bet you you might know somebody back in the day especially that would 
pick up that telephone and call you just to find out if it was raining at your house. And that's a special memory for me to hear that song. I'll always think of my grandfather. And I think we lost him at age 62 when he died in 1980. But a, a special song. And this also is something that recently came to me. You know, he might have been calling because he was genuinely concerned about the weather. Or maybe the rain just gave him an excuse to call his daughter and check up on his three grandsons that lived there at the house. I don't know. Either way, it's just fine. It's a good memory. And I bet you somebody there in your past, if you're old enough to have the old telephones that people could make that effort and call, somebody probably used to call you and come up with lame reasons to call. But, you know, maybe they're calling because they just wanted to, in their own way, check in on you because they loved you. <laughs> All right, let's check in on what we 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 have a fun segment of this show called Hashtag Blue. That's where we go on social media and dig up all kinds of good stuff. And we, we've got a few food-related things that we're going to be talking about today in Hashtag Blue. So let's dive into it, y'all. Evelyn is on X, at Evelyn. My turn for us is the account. Evelyn. Her profile says, I'm Evelyn. Please join us while we share tastefully simple recipes, creative do-it-yourself, and Back roads, travel adventures from our ranch in the great state of Texas. From Evelyn. Evelyn writes, easy southern green beans cooked with bacon grease and loaded with bacon and some amazing flavors like your grandma made. And she's got this posted on the website, myturnforus.com. Go check it out there, myturnforus.com. And a southern-style green bean recipe from Texan Evelyn. And you can find that posted there. And we appreciate Evelyn reaching out to us here on social media and sharing her green beans. And she didn't hold back. If you paid close attention to me talking about her green bean recipe done southern-style, of course, she says, easy southern green beans cooked with bacon grease and loaded with bacon. So it's a double dose of bacon with Evelyn's delicious green bean recipe. Yummy. Check it out again. Her website, myturnforus.com, and then look up the southern-style green bean recipe that she's got posted there. Let's keep the fun going from a food perspective in this hashtag hullabaloo in our opening hour of this Monday edition of the Y'all Show. Taste of South. They do a great job. It's an actual printed magazine. Congratulations for keeping it going in the printed world, Taste of the South. At Taste Mag is the website. Preserving the past and celebrating the future of Southern food. We love that. Taste of the South has a little X that they've caught our eye with here as they put up a post called, Looking for a bit of Southern comfort this holiday? Turn to our hearty cast iron chicken pot pie. And they've got a link to what they call a skillet chicken pot pie. I don't quite have enough time to walk through this right now, but this is what we call in the business a tease. So what we're going to do, we're going to, as the lady in the White House used to say, circle back. And later in the show, we're going to pull up this recipe link from Taste of the South at Taste Mag on X and share with you 
this delicious skillet chicken pot pie. Maybe a great substitute for turkey this week. And Taste of the South Mag gets the they get the credit for this. We're going to come back to that. We'll have that delicious, delicious food talk coming at the end of next hour. And our Southern Food for Thought coming up hour two today. So thank you, Taste of the South, for that awesome, awesome recommendation. And in our last X account today, it's another food-related thing. I mean, food's on our mind. When, you, when you've when been away like we have the last couple of days, we're coming back hungry. We are coming back hungry, y'all. Kate Ward is on social media at Ward is the X account. And Kate Ward, her profile says that Katie is a actor and a director and a member of SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, also a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, thank you for that, Kate Ward. Kate writes, I must, uh, and she also, I should have pointed out, she also has hashtag BBN, which stands for Big Blue Nation. So Kate must have an affinity for those Kentucky Wildcats. Boy, did they collapse in football this year. Kentucky is 6-5. and five. They've lost, I think, five of their last six games. And they're likely going to lose this weekend in their in-state rivalry with Louisville. They're going to finish up 6-6, six and six, it appears, after they choked and had some called the worst loss in Mark Stoops' tenure when they lost Saturday evening in Williams-Price Stadium against the Gamecocks. Kentucky led in the fourth quarter, ended up losing that game, and... We could be seeing the end of the Stoops era in Lexington, Kentucky. We'll need to get Kate Ward on here and discuss. Kate writes on her ex account, I must have pecan. I love apples and a crisp or strudel, and pumpkin is fabulous for gut, health, and pie if done well. Cherries, I just a wash and eat, so need no need for pie. Okay, I'm I'm a little little confused in her post here. Maybe she she's also confused after seeing that Kentucky football game Saturday evening. But she says, plain and simple, that she must have pecan there from Kate Ward. And so we don't want to deprive you of that right that you certainly have earned there as a member of Big Blue Nation. Kate Ward, enjoy that. She must have pecan. She also says she loves apples and pumpkins and more, cherries, but it's something about that delicious pecan, pecan, and more. So good luck on that quest there, Kate Ward. That is a, friends, that's a, that is a look at some social media fun. We call it hashtag Hullabaloo. We get together a couple times each week and bring up some good stuff and pass it along your way. That wraps up our opening hour of the Y'all Show. We will be right back here with more of the fun hour two. And that's headed your way after this commercial break.
Big John back in the house. Hello, welcome back to the show that we call the Y'all Show. We are Southern with no apologies. We're proud to be from the home of Dixie. We're the Y'all Show, powered by y'all.com. John Rawl, the mouth of the South, you could say. Here with you as we have the second hour of our program broadcasting on awesome radio stations as well as podcast form. You can find the Y'all Show. Just search for us. We're there on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, Apple Podcasts, and Apple iTunes. And if that's not enough, you can also catch this show at y'all.com. This hour of the program, we've got more headlines that we'll be talking, more food, food items. Yes, I don't know why we got a lot of food stuff coming in today, but hey, I ain't going to fight it. I just need to not come in here with an empty stomach when I'm doing this show. So we got that coming up here in the second hour. More headlines, more reaction to the death of former First Lady Rosalind Cotta out of Georgia. We'll tell you about that. Plus, we have our Southern History Spotlight today. We got a bunch of people with birthdays. Speaking of the White House, today is Joe Biden's 81st birthday. If you wanted to send Joe Biden a birthday gift, what would it be? Let us know here at the Y'all Show. Just email us that at mail, M-A-I-L, at Y-A-L-L dot com, mail at y'all dot com. What would you send Joe Biden on his 81st birthday? Keep it clean. This is a family program, okay? All you MAGA, all you folks like me who are mega MAGA, keep, keep, it, keep it family friendly, please. So we got that going on. A lot of birthdays today. In addition to Joe Biden's birthday, today's also the birthday of Josh Turner, Grand Ole Opry star, Hannah, South Carolina native. There's a long black train coming down the line. I'm not Josh Turner. I'm kind of sounding a little bit like Johnny Cash there singing. So I better shut up and just talk. Y'all are paying me to talk, not sing. <laughs> when we get together and do this, y'all show. But we got some, some good Southerners with birthdays today, and I'll tell you exactly who all they are. Some today that are celebrating, some who unfortunately have passed away. We'll tell you about all of it in our Southern History Spotlight here in hour number two. Before we get out of here, as I said, we got food in a big way on our mind today. And referencing back to what we talked about from Taste of the South in hour one, in our hashtag Huddleblue feature, from that website, we've got a skillet chicken pot pie that we'll be telling you how to make. Maybe a great addition to your Thanksgiving feast. A skillet chicken pot pie. And I don't know about y'all, but I think chicken pot pies, even the ones frozen from the grocery store and the little box, even those, even the ones that you get, I guess KFC still has chicken pot pies. Even those, I consider that to be one of the greatest inventions ever. Chicken pot pies. Boy, are they good. And that crust is so dang good. Even, again, if it's from a frozen pot pie that costs you 45 cents at the grocery store. I personally am a huge fan, if you can't tell. <laughs> So we're going to be talking about a skillet chicken pot pie later this hour. To get involved with the y'all show, 
You can email us, as we just said, mail at y'all.com is one way to do it. We also have our text line that's available for all of you who catch us in podcast form. It doesn't matter what time of day. It doesn't matter what day of the week. You can text us 615-208-4184, 615-208-4184. That's an easy way for you to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Let's dive into some of the news headlines for the day. And on Sunday, it was announced that Rosalind Carter, the former first lady of the United States, passed away at the age of 96 years old. Of course, she served as Jimmy Carter's first lady as his wife when Carter was in the White House from 1977 to early 1981. Rosalind, born Eleanor Rosalind Smith back in 1927 in Plains, Georgia. That would be the town that she and Jimmy would live throughout most of their lives in. And she died Sunday at 96 in Plains after just entering hospice care. She and Jimmy had four children together. She was an alum of Georgia's Southwestern State University in Americus, Georgia. Rosalind Carter dying at age 96 and tributes coming in for her. Of course, a one-term president in Jimmy Carter. We haven't had too many of those in recent times. Carter, George H.W. Bush, a first-term or one-term president. And then, most recently, Donald John Trump, a one-term president that's trying to change his fortune and become the first president since, I think, Teddy Roosevelt to be president, then not president, and then be reelected president. And he's trying hard to pull that very unusual feat off in 2024. But we remember not only Rosalind for her time in the White House, but what, of course, the Carters have done through their Habitat for Humanity work and just being a steadfast companion for Jimmy and their love story that lasted roughly 80 years together, Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. And, of course, he's still in hospice at age 99, Jimmy Carter is, and he put out a very, very personal, heartfelt statement about her. In fact, he said in a statement from the Carter Center, Jimmy Carter said, Rosalind was my equal partner in everything I ever accomplished She gave me wise guidance and encouragement when I needed it. As long as Rosalind was in the world, I always knew somebody loved and supported me. That from 99-year-old Jimmy Carter. And she, Rosalind died Sunday afternoon in Plains, Georgia, at the home that the Carters had there. Our thoughts to the Carter family. President Biden has his 81st birthday today. And at the White House, he'll be honoring the Thanksgiving tradition of pardoning two turkeys. As the chairman of the National Turkey Federation and president of the Jenny O. Turkey Store, Steve Licken says, we think that's a great way to kick off the holiday season and really, really a fun honor by pardoning two turkeys. Liberty and Bell are the turkeys that will be receiving their presidential pardons today I wonder how that's going to go for Joe Biden with Liberty and Bell as they uh, get that 
reprieve and get, maybe they can live as long a life as the Carters have lived. Jimmy and Rosalind, of course, she passed away at age 96. He's 99. But that is a tradition going on today. Elsewhere in our headlines across the southeast today, we take you to the Methodist Church as in North Georgia over the weekend, several hundred congregations of the North Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church broke away from the UMC. And now, staggering numbers. In the last few years, the United Methodist Church has lost 7,286 congregations. That's the numbers coming in from the unofficial tally by the United Methodist News Service. And over 5,000, 5,000 churches broke apart from the United Methodist Church this year alone, many of which are forming the, the, the brand-new Global Methodist Church, GMC. But this latest Georgia congregation, this conference there in Georgia, taking away 261 congregations from the United Methodist Church. All of this stems from the church's conflict with LGBTQ plus issues, and the Methodists are not alone in having a splinter in the denomination because of LGBTQ plus issues, but that is unbelievable numbers. And there are lots of Methodists here in the southeast Lots of Methodist churches. And I'd argue that when it's all said and done, there may be more global Methodist members than United Methodist members in the real near future, at least here in the southeast. Of course, Episcopalians, Lutherans, Presbyterians, other denominations in the Protestant church have already had splits. Oddly enough, the Southern Baptist Church has not had a divide over the LGBTQ plus issue. Their issue is women, the role of women in church. And that's had several important churches split off Rick Warren, his church, essentially disassociated from the Southern Baptist Convention. And they're not alone. The Catholic Church, to their credit, they've not had this issue with LGBTQ plus and you know they got other issues within the Catholic Church, but it's not this issue. But that's the story today. More and more Methodist churches now are not United Methodist churches. Elsewhere, we told you we got a lot of food to talk about. We've got a story posted about America's preferences for frozen pizza. They've come out with a state-by-state analysis from Instacart. And... It's a survey of the favored frozen pizza for each state in the country. Or at least the type of frozen pizza, the the way you get it. It comes from the volume of sales from Instacart. So let me pull up this. It's a map of the country broken down by frozen pizza, not Brand, but the type of frozen pizza, the flavor, if you will. And we got we got some differences going on. First of all, Maryland and Florida share the 
boring distinction of their favorite frozen pizza, cheese. Cheese is their favorite. Kentucky, you you are the only state in the South that your favorite frozen pizza flavor is supreme. You know, I'm starting to feel like a Kentuckian all of a sudden. I like supreme pizza. But Kentucky, that's the only state in the South, and only Wyoming shared that same distinction of love and supreme nationwide. So you got supreme and then cheese. We got those knocked off. How about the vast majority of the South? West Virginia, Virginia, both Carolinas, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Louisiana, Oklahoma, and Texas. Those states have their favorite frozen pizza. It's pepperoni. The old standard, if you will. Pepperoni, beloved by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of our 16 southern states. Frozen pepperoni pizza. Yummy, yummy, yummy. So that means we got one other option here in the South. And this option, beloved by Missouri, Arkansas, and the great state of Mississippi, y'all. Oh, yeah. Those three states' favorite frozen pizza flavor, meat lovers. I don't know if I've had a meat lovers frozen pizza. I've, I've seen, like, I guess Pizza Hut has a meat lovers pizza. And maybe these other types of delivery services, but Meat Lovers is the favorite pizza of Mighty Mizzou, Mighty Mississippi, and Awesome Arkansas. So there you have it. Again, the overwhelming, if it was a vote, pepperoni, by far the favorite of the South. But it's got some competition with Supreme Cheese and Meat Lovers Pizza. Here's another food store to tell you about. This comes to us from Pelham Diner, and it is in the Birmingham area where a Alabaster, Alabama native has gone in. His name is Tony Harris, and he's come up with one heck of a delicious, delicious thing for you to enjoy. It's a pancake, but he calls it hubcaps because these Pancakes served up at the Pelham Diner in Alabama are 10 inches wide and a little over a quarter inch thick. And they are something to behold if you get a chance to look at one. Hubcaps there at the Pelham Diner in Birmingham in that area of Alabama. Again, 10 inches wide and just, you know, it'll fill up a plate. And a good nickname for them, too, hubcaps. A good pancake is hard to beat, y'all. I'll see you at the Pelham Diner in the Birmingham area soon. Congratulations to Tony Harris. We love to feature Southerners out making a difference, and a 10-inch pancake is one way to make a difference. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we've got plenty of history to tell you about. We've got some big birthdays going on across Dixie today from our president right now, Joe Biden, to others with big days from yesteryear and celebrating today. We'll tell you about all that. It's our Southern History Spotlight 
And it's headed your way after we dive into this hubcap pancake, y'all. <laughs> Dr. John here on the Y'all Show. He's got a birthday today. We'll tell you more about this New Orleans musician and little right place, wrong time from Dr. John. Cool, cool sound that he put out during his lifetime, y'all. All right, Dr. John is one of a bunch of people celebrating birthdays. Welcome back. It's the Y'all Show, a little Southern history as we walk through Today, a birthday-centric Southern History Showcase. And this guy is a Yankee. And he's alive. This guy that we start off today with in our birthday salute is a fellow from Pennsylvania who decided to move to an almost Southern state early in his life. And he kind of still lives there. Today is the birthday of Joseph Robinette Biden, Jr., the 46th U.S. president, former vice president, former Delaware senator, of course been in office since 2021 as president. Joe Biden turned 81 today. Happy birthday, sir. I wonder what he's doing to celebrate. So we got Biden's birthday. It's happy Biden day, y'all. And many of you are just biding your time until... January of 2025, maybe. Hmm. Just going to leave it there. So Biden with a birthday today. Elsewhere in the South, those who are currently still celebrating birthdays are those born on this date in history that may have already left us. Today is the birthday of Edwin Hubble, born way back in 1889. He lived until 1953, where he died at age 63. Edwin Hubble was born in Marshville, Missouri, back in 1889. And this guy, as you might know that last name, Hubble, was an American astronomer. And he had a huge role in establishing the fields of what's called extragalactic astronomy and observational cosmology. And that's where the Hubble telescope comes from. And he's recognized for the Hubble Space Telescope, which was named in his honor. And the model 
is prominently displayed in his hometown of Marshville, Missouri, by the way. So today, if all of you are out there studying astronomy, we should give a little salute to Missouri native Edwin Hubble, born on this day back in 1889 in Marshfield, Missouri. Marshfield is not all that far from Springfield. It's sort of in the south-central section of the Show Me State. Population 6,633 at the last census. Marshfield, Missouri, home of Edwin Hubble. Also, with a birthday today, going back in history, we've got the birthday of Chester Gould, he was born in the territory, not even a state, the territory of Oklahoma, in Pawnee, Oklahoma, in 1900. And Chester Gould, if you're not familiar with his name, was a cartoonist, the creator of the Dick Tracy comic strip. And a bunch of you out there grew up reading Dick Tracy cartoons. And he wrote and drew Dick Tracy from 1931 to 1977. And along the way, brought in a whole bunch of colorful and very monstrous villains into the Dick Tracy comic strip. Born in a log cabin in Pawnee in the year 1900. Chester Gould. Dick Tracy again, made its debut in the Detroit Mirror October 4th, 1931. And he would continue to draw that cartoon for the next 46 years as he moved to Woodstock, Illinois. That's where he spent his professional life drawing out Dick Tracy. So there you have it. Some cartoon love on this Monday edition of the Y'all Show. This next guy, a controversial political figure of the 20th century, West Virginia's longtime U.S. Senator Robert Byrd was born on this day, not in West Virginia. He was born in North Carolina, in the town of North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. November 20th, 1917 is when Robert Byrd was born, and he would go on to be the longest-serving U.S. Senator in history and the longest-serving member in the history of Congress. He did get surpassed in Congress by John Dingell of Michigan. Robert Byrd is the only West Virginian to have served in both chambers of the state legislature and in both chambers of the United States Congress. Robert Byrd, born in 1917. Senator Byrd died in 2010. He died at the age of 92 in Falls Church, Virginia. And of course, if you know anything about Robert Byrd's history, he was born in North Carolina, but early on in his life, he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. Yes, he was. And that would be something that would be very... I would say sometimes very hidden, depending on what circles you ran in. Now, oftentimes, some of your legal, some of your leading Republican pundits always like to throw out that Democrats were the party of slavery and segregation and KKK. 
true when you talk about the 19th century and some of the 20th century, but the last, as far as I know, openly former member, a guy that everybody knew was a KKK guy, a clucker that was serving in any kind of political power, was Robert Byrd, who was a United States senator until until his death. He died in 2010, a U.S. senator for all those years. He first was elected in 1959 and served until 2010. So that's roughly, what, 50 years as a U.S. senator in one state from from the mountain state of West Virginia? But a, a guy that was in the Klan at some point and had some controversial issues going on during his time. But, you know, he was buddies with the guy celebrating a birthday, his fellow November 20th guy that's a former senator turned president, Joe Biden and Robert Byrd were tied at the hip in many ways. Robert Byrd birthday today. Also today is the birthday of Don January, born in Plainview, Texas back in 1929. He died at the age of 93 in 2020 in earlier this year in Dallas, May 7th is when Don January passed away. He was a pro golfer and he won the 1967 PGA Championship. Along the way, he won 45 times professionally. But in that 1967 PGA Championship, he won a playoff victory over Don Massengale. And the PGA Championship played that year in Columbine, Colorado, at the Columbine Country Club. The 1967 PGA Champion, Don January. Born in Plainview, Texas. Birthday boy today. Now, as we started this segment off, we played some music from Malcolm John Rabanic Jr., a.k.a. Dr. John, singer-songwriter who combined New Orleans blues, jazz, funk, and R&B into a really cool sound. Dr. John, that song we played, Right Place, Wrong Time. It hit the top 10 back in 1973 for this man who was born in the Big Easy, November 20th, 1941. And he had some mild success beyond that song, but still one of the legends, if you will, of New Orleans music, Dr. John. We lost him back in 2019 at the age of 77. Birthday today for him. Another musician that we lost way, way, way too young. Dwayne Allman, born on this day in 1946. Born, believe it or not, in Nashville is where Dwayne Allman was born in November of 1946. This great rock and blues guitarist an original member of the Allman Brothers Band. And they've been inductees of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since back in 1995. 
Dwayne Allman started playing the guitar at age 14, and he formed the Allman Brothers Band with his brother Greg in Jacksonville back in 1969. Some great, great music. He was a sought-after session musician before and after the Allman Brothers formed, and he played with people like Aretha Franklin, Bob Skaggs, Wilson Pickett, and more. Dwayne Allman died after a motorcycle crash in 1971, and he died at the age of 24. In 2003, Dwayne was ranked number two in Rolling Stone's list of the 100 greatest guitarists of all time. Only Jimi Hendrix beat him out in that Rolling Stone article. Some of that great southern rock sound. Legendary guitarist Dwayne Allman of the Allman Brothers Band, born on this day back in 1946. He would be turning 77 today. Sadly, he died at the tender age of just 24 back in 71. Another musician with a birthday today, the guy that sang this song here, I was referencing it earlier, and why not play a little bit of this one right here because it's just such a cool, cool song that uh, that we like to play here. It's a guy born on this day in 1977 in Hannah, South Carolina, just down the road from Florence. It's Josh Turner. There's a long black train coming down the line. Feeding off the souls that are lost and cry Rails of sin only evil remains Watch out, brother, for that long black train What a voice, what a voice Josh Turner, born in 1977 on this day He grew up in the church And as a youngster, he founded a gospel quartet called Thankful Hearts. He sang bass. Wow, I never would have guessed. (laughs) But ended up going to Nashville and attended after going to Francis Marion University there in Florence, South Carolina, home of the FMU Patriots. He went on to go to Belmont in Nashville. And after college... Got a chance to get that record deal and a song like Long Black Train, which was inspired by Hank Williams Sr., that is, led him to great prominence and ultimately a member of the Grand Ole Opry status came his way when he got going 22 years ago on MCA Records. Josh Turner turning 46 years young today, the South Carolina deep-voiced, awesome singer that he is, and just a really cool Southerner, Josh Turner, birthday today. All right, another fellow with a birthday today. Spent some time in the White House with Donald Trump. Spent some time in the White House with George W. Bush. Today is the birthday of the 25th United States Ambassador to the United Nations, serving in that role from 2005 to 2006. And then he would be a U.S. National Security Advisor in the Trump years for a brief 
while before he ended up having a blow-up with the boss, and since that time has done everything he can along with Chris Christie to bring down Donald Trump. Today is the birthday of John Bolton. John Bolton, born on this day back in 20, no, 1948, born in Baltimore. I didn't realize he was a Baltimore native, but yes, he did. He grew up there. He went on to attend Yale and then went to Yale Law School and then got involved in politics. John Bolton, birthday today, y'all. Today is also, speaking of a great, great uh, Southerner, I wouldn't say John Bolton gets that category quite yet. But he certainly knows how to get the cameras his way, especially when he starts talking about the Donald. J.D. Drew with a birthday today. David Jonathan Drew, who was a Major League Baseball right fielder, playing with the St. Louis Cardinals, also spent some time with the Braves, Dodgers, and Red Sox. Played for the Red Sox for four years. And that's the last team he played for. And a team that he helped win a World Series Title for the Red Sox back in 2007. A all-star member of the Boston Red Sox for the 2008 season. J.D. Drew, born on this day in 1975. He is from Valdosta, Georgia. Good old Lowndes County. And again, he went to Florida State, which is not all that far from Valdosta. And at FSU, he played for the great baseball coach, Mike Martin. And he was a winner of the 1997 Dick Hauser Trophy at FSU before going on to, well, he also, I should point out, he won the ACC Player of the Year Award in college baseball in 1997. Then he had a chance to be in Major League Baseball after a chance to play Minor league ball for a while. He made his debut for the Cardinals back in 1998 and was a beloved member of the Cardinals for several years before 2004. He was traded to the Braves along with a catcher for Jason Marquise and relief pitcher Ray King and a guy named Adam Wainwright. I didn't realize Wainwright was part of the Braves system. But J.D. Drew went to Atlanta and part of that package, Wayne Wright, who went to the Cardinals. Wayne Wright literally just retired from baseball. But he only spent the 2004 season with the Bravos before going on to the Dodgers, then to the Boston Red Sox. J.D. Drew, a birthday today. He got married way back in 2001 to his girlfriend, Shay who is from Hahara, Georgia. J.D. Drew is a devout Christian. Happy birthday today. 48 years, the age of J.D. Drew. And that is a look at some of our Southerners with birthdays and more here on this 20th day of November. Hopefully we've told you a few things about some of these people you may not have known and some dang good Southerners out there with birthdays on this Day, just a couple of days before Turkey Day. Some some good Southerners, y'all. When we come back, we're going to get to that conversation about skillet chicken pot pie 
And that's going to help close out this second hour of the Monday Y'all. Sir, birthday boy Dwayne Allman, that from the Allman Brothers band, Statesboro Blues. One of the songs that really showcases why he's considered by many the second greatest. I'd put him above Jimi Hendrix, actually. But for rock and roll, at least. How about that? Lost him at only 24 years old after a motorcycle crash. But the Allman Brothers member... Dwayne Allman with a birthday today in history. Play it, son. All right. Let's pick up the text line. We had a few texts that have come in while we were on break getting ready for our final segment. And we've got a text here that says, How about them Vols? Have a great Southern day. Well, thank you, and I believe you're... Vols, you're referencing, would be the University of Tennessee. You've got a thumbs down, and you got a little peach emoji. So I'm going to assume you must be a Georgia Bulldog. Georgia dominated Tennessee <laughs> at Neyland Stadium with Dolly Parton on hand, by the way. Georgia went up on Rocky Top, and, man, they are marching right back to another national championship, it appears. And I saw what they did when they played the University of Mississippi, a team that could have been – in that football playoff, had they beat Georgia a few days back? I've seen what they've done to Missouri. UGA looking mighty good. That is if they can get past the rambling wreck this weekend and clean old-fashioned hate. I think that game's in Atlanta at Bobby Dodd, but Georgia Bulldog football is something to behold right now, y'all. Thank you for that text. Another text says, did you see John Party inducted over the weekend? I did not see that. I guess he was inducted into the Grand Ole Opry. Congratulations to John Party, one of the great modern singers of country music. And then down the text here, it's got to do with what we were just talking about, some of our birthday boys of today, John Bolton among them. And Texter says, John Bolton, the old Warhawk. <laughs> with a thumb down emoji and an angry face emoji. So you're you're right on that. John Bolton, I think I've heard Trump say he would do everything he could to get us into a war. But the Maryland native Bolton with a birthday just like Dwayne Allman here on this 20th day of November. Wrap it up this hour real quick. We go to tasty.co. They've got a delicious skillet chicken pot pie recipe. That is posted right there. If you are looking to mix things up this weekend for Thanksgiving and do something just a a little bit different, you might want to consider the skillet chicken pot pie. It's a recipe that's got flour, butter, one and a half cups of milk, frozen peas. It's got all kinds of good stuff. But the neat thing is you can have a pre-made pie crust to go along with this recipe. Check it out looks delicious it takes about 30 to 35 minutes of baking time 
and serves a bunch. The skillet chicken pot pie recipe at tasty.co. Check it out, y'all. Mm-mm. That wraps up hour number two of the Y'all Show. Dwayne's going to take us to break. We'll be back with another hour right after this on the show that shakes the Southland, y'all. back for the final hour on this monday y'all show if you're a new listener to the program we are a program powered in part by y'all.com the south's homepage and what we do is we kind of walk through what's going on across the south and if it's a big national story we cover that too but we try to put a southern focus on what's going on on this day and we got the 20th day of november we got a few headlines to cover more food talk to get to. Yeah, we got a food-centric Monday. And, you know, food is on our mind. we got Thanksgiving coming up Thursday. Many of you will be pigging out on turkey and all the fixings. So be careful on that. So you got that going on. And, man, I'm starting to see, just like I saw Sunday night, some awesome Christmas displays. A friend of mine put up a Christmas tree over the weekend and... I went by the house and saw it, and yeah, it's officially the holidays. This is the start of holiday season right now. If you were a little bit slow and didn't get the holidays kicked off with Halloween, and I don't blame you for that, <laughs> we got Thanksgiving, y'all. It's it's officially holiday time 2023, so tis the season. Enjoy. We got this final hour of the Y'all Show coming at you, in addition to some new stuff that we'll be getting to I want to let you know that we also, speaking of the holidays, speaking of, for some of you, the biggest holiday out there, it's not Christmas, it's not Kwanzaa, it's not Thanksgiving, it ain't New Year's. Y'all may have down as your biggest day of the year to celebrate Black Friday. And we're just hours away from this year's Black Friday. And we're going to go to an article put up at ZDNet.com of the best early Black Friday deals. And that's coming your way as part of our Southern Cultural Spotlight in just a handful of minutes. we got that plus a look at what's ahead on the Y'all Show going forward on this shortened week of the Y'all Show. We will be off the air Thursday and Friday. But we got a couple of good days coming to you before we take a little, little time out. So stay tuned for that. To get involved with the Y'all Show, in addition to emailing us at mail at yall.com. You also can text us, 615-208-4184. The Y'all Show available in podcast form. You can find us on Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app, 
Apple iTunes, Apple Podcast, and at y'all.com. Easy ways for you to keep up with our program. And when you're gathered around that Thanksgiving dinner here, that Thanksgiving luncheon, when you're watching the Detroit Lions get another victory come Thursday afternoon, something that doesn't happen all that often. But, boy, they're a good football team. They had one heck of a comeback win Sunday over the Chicago Bears. I think they scored 17 points in two and a half minutes to pull out the victory. So the Lions and the Cowboys, Thanksgiving traditions in football, when you're gathered around mixing in turkey and football, find a little bit of time to talk about the Y'all Show and tell your friends about it and share that podcast option so they can catch us on the go. It's the show that's all about the South, the Y'all Show. Thank you for tuning in. And since it is Thanksgiving, let me thank you for listening to the show. Let me thank you for sharing it if you are a podcaster because it's pretty dang easy. I was away for many days last week, and there were many times people said, Hey, John, so tell me what what, what do you do? What What is it you do? And I don't even have to say anything. I can keep my mouth shut because they don't want to probably talk to me anyway. But I have the perfect excuse. I just pull out my phone and say, look here, see this y'all show? That's what I'm doing. You can find out everything you wanted to know about what's going on in the South by just accepting this link that I'm about to send of the y'all show podcast. And boom, you'll be set up. And then you might even get a few crazy factoids from me. Sometimes even about myself personally. But I I try to stay away from too much personal stuff. Y'all don't care about me. Y'all care about (laughs) y'all. And that's what we try to do. But now, sometimes you can't help but share a few things. And I think some of you appreciate that. And we'll try to give you a little bit more. If if that helps with the ratings, we'll get real deep down and personal. You might have me start breaking down crying on this show sometime. And talking about all my sins. (laughs) No, no. No, let's not do that. Just kidding. I have never said, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm I'm not a fool, y'all. Uh, but no, we appreciate you listening, and, and thank you so much for all that you do here on this week that we think uh, a National Day of Thanksgiving, which I saw while I was off the air the other day, this big story about Thanksgiving in some communities now being called Truthsgiving, and it's about how the American Indians essentially Thanksgiving was a made-up deal by Abraham Lincoln to help bring the country together during the American Civil War. And it's all based on a lie that the natives and the pilgrims were buddy-buddy. And that's not really what happened, if you go back and look at history. And why do we have this fake holiday to go along with other fake holidays of this nation? I'm looking at you, Juneteenth. I'm looking at you, Mm, flag day, you know, whatever. Uh, it's an interesting story. And we have a very, very complicated history in this country that some might even say, it ain't that complicated. You had American Indians here, and the European settlers came and stole their land. And that's, you, you can't hide the fact that that's a pretty accurate statement. That's why... As they said in this interview that I saw, they're living on reservations. And most of America is living on what was native land that was taken away, either through treaty or war or 
or whatever the case may be. And that includes right here in the South. And we have a very, very tough history. Maybe the demise of the American Indian, at least in terms of their property, that is our original sin. Some would say slavery is in this country. But the the thievery, the the taking over, the, the manipulation of the American Indian, that, as we celebrate Thanksgiving this week as a nation, could be our undoing when it's all said and done. By the way, the interview, I saw the guy that I think it was on CNN. He was an American Indian from South Dakota, and he was a lawyer, too. I don't remember his name, but pretty impressive there. They're calling it an underground movement of called Truthsgiving to lay out the real truth of how it really was in this country, what's been taken away from those natives. All right, how I go from that to talking about Rosalind Carter, I don't know, but guess what? I'm going to do it. Sunday afternoon, the Carter Center announcing that the former first lady and the wife of Jimmy Carter for nearly 80 years, Rosalind Carter, passed away at the age of 96. The Carter Center saying that she died Sunday at 2.10 p.m. She died peacefully with the family by her side at her Plains, Georgia home. Jimmy Carter with a statement. He's 99 years young, by the way. Jimmy, with a statement, said, Rosalind was my equal partner in everything I ever accomplished. She gave me wise guidance and encouragement when I needed it. As long as Rosalind was in the world, I always knew somebody loved and supported me. Now, she was a young lady, and Jimmy Carter was a young man when World War II broke out. And Jimmy Carter went off the war serving in the United States Navy. Of course, he started his academic career at Georgia Tech before going on to the United States Naval Academy. Jimmy goes off to war, and she meets Jimmy in 1945. They first dated right after the war, and she became attracted to him after seeing a picture of him in his Annapolis uniform. Man, something about a man in uniform. They ultimately got married in February of 1946. Okay, sorry. They got engaged. They got married July of 46 in Plains. And they went on to have four children, Jack, Chip, Jeff, and Amy Lynn. We remember Amy Lynn. She was in the White House with them. I didn't realize there was a 15-year gap between when Jeff Carter was born in 1952 and his next sibling, Amy Lynn, born in 1967. Amy Lynn Carter, if you were around in the 70s when the Carters were president, boy, she got a lot of attention. She was the the little girl in the White House. (laughs) And what has happened to her? You know, she's somebody that, surprisingly, you don't hear much about her. Her, I mean, she was someone who was portrayed on all kinds of things back in the 70s. She even had an actress on Little House on the Prairie impersonate her on a comedy album. She's had a son named Hugo who was a member 
of the Claim to Fame reality series. She's had some illustrations done in her career. She's, again, according to an article, since the late 1990s, Amy Carter has maintained a low profile. She doesn't grant interviews. She's a member of the Board of Counselors of the Carter Center. She may be seen in public here in the next few days with the loss of her mother. But Amy Carter, born in 1967, so she's, what, 56 years young now? The youngest child of Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. And she grieves today with the loss of her mother. Today is Joe Biden's birthday. Happy 81st birthday to J.R. Biden. He'll be giving amnesty to a couple of turkeys with a pardon there going on at the White House, a Thanksgiving tradition. President Trump, Joe Biden's biggest competitor, he found himself in Edinburgh, Texas, which is down near Brownsville, Texas. He was there Sunday where he got the support of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Abbott flew in to South Texas to give Trump his official endorsement for 2024. And those two then went on to pass out food to scores of Texas Highway Patrol officials and Texas public safety officials and members of the Texas National Guard as they're all working the border due to Greg Abbott pointing out plainly that those folks shouldn't be there in the Rio Grande Valley. They ought to be at home. But guess what? They're there because, quote, the only reason why they are here is because we have a president of the United States of America who is not securing our border. And so Abbott and Trump together on the border bringing some Thanksgiving cheer and Trump walking away with the endorsement of the now two-term governor of the state of Texas, Greg Abbott. He's somebody, you know, I know it breaks conventional thought here. I think Greg Abbott is somebody that really should be considered as a possible VP for President Trump. I think he would do it. I think he would be a very good vice president. Now, oh my God, he's not diverse. He's not a woman. He's not a minority. Actually, he kind of is, as he's in a wheelchair. He's a disabled governor, or handicapable, maybe the better word, governor of the state of Texas. He's a smart guy. Got a law degree. Went to Vanderbilt. Greg Abbott is somebody that I think Trump could trust, somebody that could really be by his side and brings that proven conservatism, and he's from one of the big states. State of Texas, just throwing that out as a possibility for 2024, if Trump can somehow, maybe, you know what, maybe if Trump gets Greg Abbott as a vice president and he's elected, since he's got that legal background, Trump can get some free legal advice from Greg Abbott because, trust me, the folks that have been giving him advice the last couple of years ain't worth the money that Trump signs off on when he's signing off on all them dollar bills that are made by the Treasury. 
the Sidney Powells are who I'm talking about. The maybe even Rudy, Rudy Giuliani's of the world may not need to be giving Trump too much legal advice. And somebody needs to give him some good, good advice with his more than 90 indictments that he's now going through in Washington, D.C. Other headlines across the southeast today. Story out of Northport in the state of Alabama. Officers called to a residence there on 28th Street Sunday. And when officers arrived there, the Northport Police Department found the body of a 79-year-old woman, Donna Adams. She died from a gunshot wound. Her husband, 80-year-old Gerald Adams, taken into custody. He was still on the scene. According to police, Donna had been suffering from a prolonged illness, and it appears that perhaps this could be a justification, uh, possibly a spouse killing a wife, a mercy killing, you could say. Gerald Adams has been charged with murder and is being held in the Tuscaloosa County Jail with no bond. Case still in investigation stage. Northport, Alabama. 80-year-old man killing his 79-year-old wife. Elsewhere in our stories across the southeast today, I want to let you know that in Tennessee, did you realize you have a small city there? It's considered to be the smallest city in the volunteer state. How about wild, wonderful Cottage Grove? Not College Grove, but Cottage Grove. Population 66 in Henry County. This is in West Tennessee, not far from Paris, where you can find the miniature Eiffel Tower there in the catfish, I won't say capital, but one of the so-called catfish capitals of the southeast Paris, Tennessee. But yeah, you got Cottage Grove, Tennessee, population 66, and it is considered to be Tennessee's smallest city. The entire city is only 0.2 square miles. And you'll find there in Cottage Grove a church, a park, a post office, and a volunteer fire department. I don't even know if they have a Dollar General there. But Cottage Grove in Henry County, right near the Tennessee River there, on the west side of the Tennessee River in West Tennessee, the smallest city in the state of Tennessee. I don't know how... You could have 66 people and be considered a city. But that is the number coming in. Back in the 1990 census, this town had 85, so they've been losing losing members here. The median age of Cottage Grove, 44 years old. So if you're looking for a place to go to that you don't want to be known, I would not recommend moving to Henry County, Tennessee, and setting up shop in Cottage Grove, the smallest Tennessee city. I'm trying to pull up right now if that even shows up. Yeah, it shows up on a iPhone. Cottage Grove is northwest of Paris. It's actually on the road that connects hmm, 
I guess this road ultimately goes up toward Mayfield, Kentucky. It definitely goes to Bell City, Kentucky. Cottage Grove, Henry County, Tennessee. Not all that far from Dresden, Tennessee, as well as where you'll find it. I have not been to Cottage Grove. I, I feel like I've not lived. Now, I have been not far from there. And just a few weeks back, I went through per year and went up to Murray, Kentucky, and went through there. By the way, Murray, I'm going to pick on Murray State for a second. Murray State University is in Kentucky, for goodness sakes. But when I was driving through there a couple weeks ago, by the way, I got a speeding ticket on the way. Thanks to, what town was that? They have the crazy radar, photo radar crazy thing. I think it might have been Henry, Tennessee. That's it. I got busted by the Henry, Tennessee, not even police department. It's It's a scam. They take your picture of your license tag and they try to get you to send money. Guess what? In Tennessee, from what I understand, if you get a thing in the mail from a photo deal, just throw it away. That's what everybody tells me. That's what I did. But back to Murray, Kentucky for a second. So I'm driving through Murray, Kentucky, and I'm going by the university home of the racers. And they have their official Murray State University seal on the street street lights there going through town. And the official Murray State University logo almost looks like something you'd find for the Nashville Predators or something to do in Tennessee. It has a three-star-looking logo for Murray State, which is, again, in Kentucky. But if you didn't know any better, you'd think it must be a Tennessee university with that logo. I, I like it. It's a good logo. Maybe Murray is begging to get moved into the state of Tennessee. I think most people in Kentucky would probably be okay with that. <laughs> you know, where Murray is... It truly is off kind of on an island to itself. That whole section of the Bluegrass State is a heck of a long way and a whole other world apart from eastern Kentucky and the other big cities of Lexington and Louisville. But, uh, yeah, I I, I just don't know who designed that new logo that they're using for MSU. But uh, I couldn't help but think I was in Tennessee when I saw that. Just... Just wanting to point that out next time you're going through Murray, Kentucky, or in racer country, you'll you'll see it and you'll think probably the same thing, all you David Thomases of the world that like them racers. All right, that wraps up our news headlines of the day. And again, let's check out, if you get a chance, let's all go to Cottage Grove, Tennessee, the smallest city in the volunteer state. Sounds like a, a good time, a good place to go. And not far from Murray, Kentucky, by the way. (laughs) When we come back on the Y'all Show, we have a deal for you. Truly a deal that might save you money. We got Black Friday coming up this week. And we've got a listing of some early Black Friday deals that you might want to take advantage of. It's part of our helpful Southern Cultural Spotlight that we'll be sharing with you when we return after this little little bit of a break, y'all.
officially holiday season, so why not break out the Christmas music here early? Dolly and a little hard candy Christmas. We're back here on the Y'all Show. It's Thanksgiving week, but yeah, it's never too never too early to play a little Dolly, right? Especially a, a great song like that one right there. From the Kenny and Dolly Once Upon a Christmas record is where that one was originally put out by, I think, RCA Records back in nineteen. 19- 80s, I believe, early 80s when that was out to the public. Dolly, over the weekend, she was on Rocky Top. She played, well, she didn't play. She sang in front of the stadium there at Needland Stadium, Rocky Top. And that was the only highlight for the day, uh, if you were a Tennessee fan, as they got demolished by Georgia. But Dolly there with Peyton Manning escorting her out on the field there before the beatdown that the Big Orange got there. But Dolly and some good Christmas music here on the Y'all Show. In fact, text just came in says, man, what a tune. Amen to that. Now, that other holiday is coming up, too, besides Thanksgiving and Christmas. You got Black Friday, y'all. And we have a very helpful article that we want to share with you that's come out on ZDNet.com. The best early Black Friday 2023 deals. Now, you need to go do your own research here and find out if indeed this deal applies to you wherever you may live. Maybe it's only online, so it would apply to you, unless you're listening to us in a, another country right now. But ZDNet, done, they've done the research here. Allison Rayom, the managing editor, has penned this article as they found the best early Black Friday deals on everything from Apple products to laptops to TVs to robot vacuums. So you can go ahead and get your shopping done early if the deal is up and going before Black Friday. So let's find out what they have discovered here as part of the best early Black Friday deals. You go to the article at ZDNet.com, and they've got all of these items linked to where you can buy them. And you'll be saving money. So they've got the Apple AirTag 4-pack at Amazon. You can find this for $79. That's a $20 savings AirTags. And those things are pretty handy, especially 
If you're prone to forgetting where you put stuff, check it out. Or you got little kids that don't know how to be responsible with their items, the Apple AirTag is the way to go. Now, somebody I am very close to recently had their ear pods, whatever Apple calls them, things you stick in your ear, stolen at school. And because of the AirTag, we were able to determine exactly where they were and what house in a neighborhood. But you know what? Police didn't do a dang thing about it. And guess what? Yours truly had to bust out nearly $400 and buy another pair of these Apple thingamajiggers that go in your ear. And I did that because I'm a nice guy. But some idiot stole these things and got away with it. And I had to buy. I should have waited for this article to come out. Maybe I'll see the thingamajiggers on sale here for a second. I could have saved a lot of money. But I bought the best ones going because I felt sorry for the uh, youngster who had his thingamajigger stolen at school in the locker room at that, y'all. What's going on out there? Another ZDNet.com item that's a Black Friday early deal is the JBL Charge 5 Portable Bluetooth Speaker. You can save $60 at Amazon by getting it for just $120. A awesome Bluetooth speaker. Elsewhere, the Ura Smart Ring. I don't even know what... I know what a Smart Ring camera or let's see why would a smart ring smart ring cost I got I'm having to p- pick this up I don't know what the, I'm, I'm, I clicked on the link here I don't know what this even does so forgive me for not knowing why this thing would cost two hundred and sixty nine dollars I know what a ring light is where you can use it for doing interviews and stuff like that or making selfies but this thing costs 269 dollars y'all o-u-r-a is the brand and it's a 30 dollar deal if you get it and i clicked on the link and i still can't tell you what it does maybe it's something you put on your finger let's see here yeah it is it's 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 a it's I guess it, it offers unique things that you might find on an Apple Watch, but it's a ring that you wear on your finger. I'm gonna have to do some research on this. Maybe y'all know more about this kind of stuff than I do, but it's a called a smart ring. All right, let's talk about something that I probably can talk talk to you a little bit more about. The play t- the PlayStation Five, okay? You can get the PlayStation 5 console with Marvel's Spider-Man 2 bundle. Save $60 at Amazon. They've got a special early Black Friday deal. $499 is what that will set you back. Now, it's been a long time since I've seen any kind of television priced at more than $1,000. I feel like I'm watching the prices right here. Could I get a $1,500 deal? No. How about a $2,000 TV? No, no, no. How about $2,399, which is a $900 saving 
if you get this from Samsung, the Samsung 65-inch Class OLED S95C TV. Why would anybody buy a twenty, nearly $2,400 TV when you can get them for a heck of a lot less? Well, that's because this TV... It says, it steals the show with a bold contrast, dramatic sound, and the vibrant colors with Samsung OLED technology. Sit back and be mesmerized as your content is transformed to 4K with neural quantum processor with 4K upscaling. Witness the difference detail can make with fine-tuned brightness and optimized contrast made possible by self-illuminating pixels with Quantum HDR OLED. And you can get this model here, a Black Friday early deal, the 65-inch TV. Save 900 bucks with a $23.99 purchase. It might be worth it, especially with... If you get it maybe before Thursday and you can see those Detroit Lions get a Thanksgiving Day victory perhaps. I'm not even sure who they're playing Thursday. But they're playing somebody there in Ford Field, Detroit. So that is a deal might be uh, worth checking out to save you some money for Black Friday 2023. Also, let's see if we can find something not so high-tech there's a lot of high-tech stuff on here. Maybe that's what this whole article is now that, I, now that I'm looking at it closely. Uh, let's try to maybe say a little bit more fit. And to help you with that, you can save $60 at Amazon by buying the Fitbit Charge 6 Fitness Tracker. That's only $99. Stay in shape. Now, here's something I kind of am in the need for. The Apple 2023 Mac Top, uh, rather, <laughs> Apple 2023 MacBook Air laptop with M2 chip. You can save $250 at Amazon by getting this. It will cost you $1,000.49. $1,049 plus all kinds of other crazy charges, I'm sure. But it's the 2023 edition of the MacBook Air laptop. The Apple 10.9 inch iPad is $399. You can save $50 at Walmart by getting it from there. The 10.9-inch iPad from Apple. Something that you might have been put you might have been putting this off for a while. These things seem to not be going away anytime soon. Ring Video, the doorbell. You can get the Ring Video Doorbell Pro for just $100. That's a $70 savings at Amazon. As part of an early Black Friday deal. From ZDNet.com. They got all this linked if you go to the website. couple more before we go to break here. The Echo Dot with Clock. $35. The Echo Dot. That's the thing you can put up on your counter to have the, the time displayed on it. It's just one of these little gadgets a lot of people use. The Echo Dot. And again, you can find this Echo Dot. On sale, $35, savings of 25 from Amazon. Also, we told you about the Apple being on sale. How about the Windows 11 Pro? 
for $175 from Stack Social. That's a $25 savings. The Windows 11 Pro on sale now. And a gift that will keep on giving. You can buy a Costco membership as part of the early Black Friday deals at ZDNet.com. Costco membership, $60. Plus, you get a $40 gift card free at Stack Social. With your Costco membership, getting it early is part of a Black Friday deal. How about an Amazon Fire TV stick with 4K? Only $25. That's a $25 savings at Best Buy is that deal. And then for all of you who have little ones, I'm not talking about babies, but animals in your house, you got the Bissell Little Green Pet Deluxe Portable Carpet Cleaner, $120. It's a $20 saving at Amazon going on right now. Also, speaking of that kind of thing, this ZDNet article has the best early Black Friday robot vacuum deals. Do these things work that good? They must, or that might be why the these things are showing up on a, a Black Friday early deal. But all types of robotic vacuums, including the $800 EcoVax D-Bot T20 Omni Robot Vacuum and Mop. That will set you back $800, but it will save you $300 through Amazon if that's where you go. And let's see. They also have here listed the Shark AI Robot Vacuum with self-empty base for $475. They also have at ZDNet the best early Black Friday smartwatch deals. The Apple Watch Series 9, $349. Those things must be pretty good. They're not going away anytime soon, these Apple Watches. They also have the Fitbit Watches and the Google Pixel Watch for $200, $150 savings at Amazon with the link there at ZDNet. And also, they've got tablet deals that will tell you about how you can save up for Cyber Monday coming up Monday, November 27th. All this at the website zdnet.com. We're doing our dangest here to save you a little money. Get your holidays off on the right foot if you're looking for a way to save money for 2024, which will be here real soon, y'all. So we'll take a break here. We'll wrap this hour up with a quick look and wrap this Monday show off with a quick look at what's ahead on the Y'all Show in our abbreviated Monday through Wednesday this week. Editions of the show that shakes the Southland. Stay tuned. Hey, bud, you got a spud? No, fool, but I got a cool. Now, I'm a fella with a heart of gold with the ways of a gentleman, I've been told. The kind of a fella that wouldn't even harm a flea. But if me and a certain character met, the guy that invented the cigarette, I'd murder that son of a gun in the first degree. Now, it ain't cause that I don't smoke myself, and I don't reckon they hinder your health. I've smoked them all my life, and I ain't dead yet. But nicotine slaves are all the same at a petting party or a poker game. Everything's got to stop while they have that cigarette. 
smoke, 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 smoke that cigarette. Puff, 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 and if you smoke yourself to death. Tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate that you hates to make him wait, but you just gotta have another cigarette. Tex Williams, that song there in 1947 was atop the chart for four months, 16 weeks at number one. Tex Williams died at age 68 of cancer. Hmm. Just saying. But a great song in country music history. Smoke, smoke, smoke. That cigarette. We're smoking them up right now as we're wrapping up our Monday edition. want to let you know to join us on Tuesday. We'll have our Southern Book Report and our Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short, will be back here in the fold on Wednesday. Smoke them if you got them because we're going to have more great talk. We'll have Kiefer Ingalls in on Wednesday to talk about the big college football weekend, including the Egg Bowl on Thursday, Thanksgiving evening. Also, big games Friday and Saturday in college football. That plus more Southern history and Southern business news coming your way Wednesday. We will not have shows Thursday and Friday. Until we see you on Tuesday, John Rawls signing off. Thank you for listening to Y'all Powered by Y'all.com. And light them up, fellas, and you gals, too.